what came first conversation because you've got the challenge of maintaining subscriptions to have enough, uh, you know, revenue and profitability to invest in additional, uh, you know, development and you can't invest in too much additional development and, and upset legacy, legacy uh, customers. <laughs> so, you know, what, what, what way should I go here? <laughs> Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. The number of installations for an ERP is a metric that is often used as a purchase criterion, but it can often be misleading, misinterpreted and misunderstood. Also, the product sold to small to medium-sized businesses is likely to have a higher number of installs because of the larger customer base. How about different geographies? Is that also a factor? Yes, the products sold in developing countries are also likely to have a higher number of customers due to the market being fragmented. One such product is Tally, which is considered oxygen for the SMB market in India in the Middle East, it used to be accounting software, but later promoted as an ERP solution. So does it really have ERP capabilities like the real ones, or are they simply trying to pretend like an ERP? Also, what are the major factors for its popularity? Loyalty, cost, users not willing to change, lack of options. In today's episode, we invited a panel of industry experts for a live discussion on LinkedIn to conduct an independent review of Tally's capabilities. We covered many grounds including the unique processes of several international markets including India, Middle East, South Africa, Germany, Canada, Mexico and the US. Finally, we discussed several unique concepts of Indian market such as tax deducted at source, tax collected at source and GST competition for India. With that, Let's get to the conversation. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's show. And if you are joining for the first time, this is part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We review one vendor or the solution independently. For today, we have a baby solution. And, uh, you know, it's very famous and common, especially in uh, India as well as uh, in the Middle East region. So we are going to have a lot of fun discussing that, you know, how different geographies treat accounting differently. So that's the layer that we are going to be discussing today. Before we do that, we are going to start with everybody's intros. I am going to start with my intro. Uh, if you don't know me, I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. On that note, I am going to move to Dave for his intro. Thanks, Sam. Hi, everybody. My name is Dave Chrysler, and I own an operations consulting business working with leaders in the manufacturing space, 
to help them create systems, uh, to help them optimize their planning people process and technology. So uh, come to you with more than 25 years of experience in operational leadership roles and PL responsibilities and excited to be here with you, Sam. Thanks. Amazing. Thank you so much for being here, uh, Dave. And if you're in the audience and joining for the first time, make sure you guys uh, uh, post your comments and questions. We typically try to cover them towards the tail end of the show. And uh, if we run out of time, obviously, um, we'll make sure that you receive your answers. On that note, Dave, I am going to start with a quick of the solution, uh, you know, where they are overall in the value chain. And uh, we are also going to be comparing it with the other solutions. So when we look at Tally, I think this is the first system that I grew up using. This is what they used in my family business. So obviously, I'm extremely familiar with it. And um, there are at least like million to over a million customers even as of today. So that's the volume that we are talking about. I mean, it's supposed to be the QuickBooks of India and um, the Middle East. So it's a very interesting system. Even today, businesses love Telly. This is the, the system that is promoted by accountants. The way accountants here in the US are going to be promoting either Sage, a little bit of SAP. I mean, the people who grew up using SAP, obviously they promote SAP a lot. And I don't know, Dave, which one, obviously you had your family business as well. So I don't know which one you guys used in your family business. Do you recall at all? It was the uh, the main accounting system was a homegrown system. So I kind of resonate with the story of, uh, of how this uh, came to be. And then later on, it moved into uh, QuickBooks, and um, I can't remember what the last one was before uh, before the uh, business was sold. But um, I did want to mention, Sam. I saw on the website that it, at least according to the website, they're I think they're touting over two million customers uh, currently. So, uh, which I was surprised, and then I kind of got the feel, uh, the QuickBooks feel, uh, as I as I was digging a little bit uh, further into it. Uh, it's a good comparison, I feel. Exactly. And by the way, I mean, when you are talking about countries like India, and for that matter, most developing countries, they are going to have a lot of businesses, really super fragmented businesses. And those businesses, they traditionally either didn't do any accounting, and you are going to be shocked, okay, how come you are not doing any accounting and doing business? So traditionally, if you look at the developing world, not everybody sort of filed the taxes, okay? And that is the movement that is happening right now. If you look at countries like Mexico, countries like India, Brazil, I think they all are moving to more of the e-invoicing process. And the reason for that is because now government is actually trying to reconcile their book, okay? <laughs> so the way it works is, okay, whoever is selling, whoever is buying, it has to match. Okay, and wherever the gaps are now, they are actually going after everyone. Typically, if you look at the North American market, US, Canada, they don't really care for very small businesses because cost of going after may be higher than what they are going to get by collecting taxes from super small businesses. So in the US or Canada, they don't really care. But right now, if you look at these countries and, and that's how their taxation is structured. And by the way, that drives the ERP processes as well. That's why if you look at countries like Mexico, India, they have very specific processes. If you are going to be using the systems that are really designed for other regions, you have to probably tailor it to the way the e-invoicing is going to work in those countries, the way uh, you know your taxation is going to work. So obviously for today, we are going to be reviewing you know, how it is in India. 
I have heard these things in Australian region, New Zealand, I think they have very different taxation as well. Spain, probably something is going on there as well. Germany has very different VAT structure. So there are always layers to how the reporting is done in these countries and how the taxation is done as well. So now, uh, you know, overall, in terms of tele, this is a very SMB solution. This is the first solution that anybody is probably going to try, especially in those regions. It's a very accounting focused system, even though they are all trying to sell them as the ERP. If you look at the core ERP functionality, it's going to be really minimal and negligible. In fact, I mean, the system is designed more from the accountant's perspective. The other teams, if you they are going to be on your ERP system, they are not going to feel very comfortable in using this. Now, the other story always is going to be every single system out there is selling themselves as cloud. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the way, and even if you ask Telly, oh, yeah, we got cloud, no worries. This is, again, a very outdated technology, not just from the delivery and deployment perspective. It's still very old technology from the user experience perspective. The way screens are designed, they have not done any sort of modernization. Sure, it is going to be deployed on AWS. AWS has come up with the, their model. Um, you know, they are probably doing $10 per month or something like that, um, you know, for the deployment on their server because it's a massive market, okay? You are dealing with volume and that's why Amazon is able to figure that out uh, for the Indian market. Uh, but the way the deployment and the user experience is going to work, you are going to have some sort of virtual machine. You might not see that. That might be in the background, uh, but that's how they are trying to deliver. So even though you might have the sort of the web, the omni-channel experience, but your data is still going to be sitting in... Um, probably a spreadsheet okay so it's a very file based system the way your quickbooks is so obviously let's not worry about any sort of data integrity <laughs> again designed for very small low volume transactional businesses in those regions so that's it for briefing dave do you have any any comments now i know we're going to get into some of the things that kind of you know piqued my interest looking at the deck and also kind of doing my own you know research on it so i'll kind of save some of those comments for later um but yeah i, I think your assessment in terms of you know the size of it and compared it to a, a quickbooks type of a solution you get that feel kind of as soon as you dig you know one layer down you, you look at they've got the pricing available pricing is in line uh, with what you'd expect from a, a kind of a, a desktop or uh, you know even even the uh, QuickBooks online so I, I think there's that's a, a good comparison there and um, you know curious to kind of learn a little bit more about the functionality because one of the things that you know we talk about relatively often on here and I think it's going to apply to this I'm curious to kind of see how it unfolds but you know, you take a company like QuickBooks and you you know that their subscription base is huge. Uh, so they've got a lot of horsepower behind, you know, that that development. Uh, and although this company has been around for quite a while, you have to make that comparison, I think, to, to say, is this a solution that's going to continue to grow, continue to be around? How are they going to invest in the infrastructure? Because uh, to your point about, you know, where is the data? and What's the data integrity? You know, that should be a consideration even even when you are a small business, even when you are in, you know, more of the developing country. I feel like if you want to have, you know, a serious business 
uh, that has some legitimacy behind it. Yeah, so that's a very interesting layer. And, uh, you know, obviously, I have been thinking about this a lot as well, because even for the Indian market now, you are going to have a lot more solutions that are available these days that were not available, uh, let's say, in 80s, 90s. So right now, you know, if you look at the Telly's differentiator, one of the things that Telly did very smartly uh, from the company's perspective. So as I was mentioning about these regulatory changes and these, India has gone through the same transformation in the last five years. Okay, they have changed their taxation structure completely right now. Okay, so the way every single business is supposed to be reporting, they have sort of their GST number. Can you believe they didn't have sort of the SSN number that you would take it for granted in the US or Canada? So now every person has their own unique identifier and the business has their own sort of the taxation identifier that didn't exist in those regions. So now they have that. And as part of the e-invoicing process, their e-invoicing process is not as complicated as you would find in Mexico, but they are able to track everything, every single business is trying to report as much as possible. So the whole reporting aspect has become really complex. And now most businesses are actually reporting that. So the whole automated e-invoicing process, that's a differentiator for Tele because they were recommended by government of India. <laughs> so that's where yeah. the, the real differentiator is. If you're going to go with something like SAP, QuickBooks, NetSuite, they are probably either not going to have this out of the box or you need to work with a vendor or partner and they might not be as knowledgeable. And again, if you look at the accounting community, they are not going to be as comfortable in, in using either NetSuite or your SAP. Um, you know, for them, they grew up using Tele. So for them, it's very, very, very hard to get rid of those habits. Uh, you know, and if, if you're going to be looking at the screen, then you will know how different the solution is. So there are solutions in the market, okay? But the differentiator that Tele has, number one, from the cost, number two, loyalty, number three, alignment with the government, I think those three makes it really hard for, uh, you know, Tele and Tele is probably going to be there in my mind. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, it'd be interesting to see over the course of time, if they start to align some of the marketing message, because I think you made the point earlier, you know, so many, so many, uh, you know, of these developers of solutions are, are trying to, I, I feel like appeal to that larger audience by calling it an ERP. And in reality, it is an accounting solution for, a, you know, a certain size uh, business. And that's the lane. Uh, and having things like that integration for the invoicing and aligning themselves that way brings a lot of value into that market. So why, you know, why try to disrupt that and 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 be something that you're not? Do what you do best and double down on it because there is a, you know, there is a real solution and a real need uh, at that level to have something affordable that works well, that, you know, includes those kind of uh, integrations from the, like you said, the e-invoicing standpoint to handle the some of those new taxation things is that change. So great point. Exactly. And the only clarification I would add there, most of these businesses, I would say 80% of the businesses are not going to be as sophisticated. The only reason why they are using Tele is because they have to. Okay. If the government did not mandate, they would not be using an account. So they they don't necessarily keep their inventory accurate, okay, because obviously their processes are not really digitized as such. The only reason why they are using Tele is because they have to do the books and they have to file the taxes. So for them, that's the sort of the scope of Tele. 
yes, they might have the electronics purchase order or the invoicing that they need to send to their customer because that looks fancy that, okay, I have my digitized processes, but, you know, that's the intent. I mean, those are the drivers that these businesses are thinking when they are thinking about these ERPs. Got it. Yeah. Okay, so if you don't have any other comments, I will, uh, you know, add to, uh, I'll move to some of the slides that we have here. So some background overall from Telly's perspective. So it says um, it's the Indian multinational technology company. That's how it is uh, identified on uh, Wikipedia. It's headquartered in Bangalore. And then um, the, okay, so it has been there since 1986. In 1999 is when they started calling it Telly. Initially, it was MS-DOS-based application. That's what I used to back in the days, to be honest, okay? So, yeah, so the user interface and, you know, one of the things that you are going to notice on the screen, since it came from that MS-DOS world, right? And, you know, this is the challenge that we have seen with the other ERPCs as well. When you are going to have such loyal community that is going to be so much passionate about this uh, MS-DOS experience, it's very, very, very hard to change those users to now Windows experience. And sometimes it is not the company that is the problem. It is not that Tele cannot design a cloud-based system today. It is those users who are not willing to get rid of um, that experience. And that is the challenge always for most companies. Um, um, so here they are saying 2006, they have launched Tele 8.1, a concurrent multilingual version also of Tele 9. In 2009, the company released Tele ERP9, a business management solution. So initially, it was more of the accounting solution. Now you can do a little bit of sales order, purchase order, you know, a little bit of inventory as well. So that's what they are calling it as a business management solution. But in my eyes, when I look at the capabilities, the capabilities are going to be leaner than your, uh, you know, QuickBooks. They are going to be leaner than your Zoho. And Zoho is Indian company as well. They are very well penetrated, but then you might not find as many layers from the taxation perspective, also from e-invoicing perspective. That's why customers don't want to move from uh, Tele, and obviously the cost is a factor. So here they are saying Tele Solutions announced the launch of Tele ERP9 release 5.0 with taxation and compliance features. As of 2016, the company had 1 million customers. This is in 2016, so obviously the number must have increased. In 2020, the company released Tele Prime. Tele Prime offers connected e-invoicing solutions to generate e-invoice within their software automatic. And this whole e-invoicing term across the globe uh, is a factor when you are going to be deciding for an ERP system in your geography. So for India, I think they have the monthly filing. In some cases, it's going to be immediately as soon as you process the transaction, you are supposed to be filing the, the invoice. For example, Mexico. So each country is dealing with e-invoicing differently. Uh, monthly is still okay. If you have to do this on every invoice, you better get something that is really designed for Mexico. It might be harder to do this in the, uh, regu uh, the other uh, standard ERP systems. That's pretty much it. And obviously, they announced a little bit, uh, you know, of the collaboration with the AWS uh, uh, with Teleprime is when they started collaborating. Um, so right now, they are hosting the cloud version of Tele <laughs> on AWS. 
uh, I can take any comment. Um, Dave, if you have anything, no, can move along. Okay, so here, this is the, they sort of the downloads, and this is very similar experience as your Sage desktop uh, or QuickBooks desktop. Sage, when we reviewed Sage 58, I remember, uh, you know, they were doing this online, offline experience, but they also had sort of the recommendation that don't try to mix them because you are going to have data integrity issues because you have two databases, one sitting on your desktop and one sitting in cloud. So obviously you are not looking for any sort of collaboration. And most of these companies, Dave, when you are looking at the, the organization structure of these companies that are using tele, there are two possibilities. Number one, either the business is going to be okay size and there's going to be one person who is responsible for accounting or maybe a couple of person, people that are going to be responsible for accounting or it could be a very large business. But the only thing they might be doing is, you know, accounting is my backend function. Finance is my backend function. Once my business is done, I'll let my accounting take care of doing the books and file the taxes. Uh, you know, for them, that's finance. But that's not the modern finance. If you're looking for the modern finance, you have to embed your accounting and finance with every single transaction. If you really want to get KPIs, uh, that is going to provide you the insight. Okay, where are my financial opportunities across the processes? That is not possible when you are going to be doing accounting in 1980s. Sam, do you know, I didn't see, I know that they have quite a big partner network, but is this solution set up in a similar fashion to, you know, to QuickBooks where you've got uh, kind of the suite of add-ons to handle some of the operations functionality or some of the other components if you need to get a little bit deeper? Is, is this uh, have a, a suite of bolt-ons, if you will? So it's a similar business model as Sage, to be honest, okay? The only difference is really the market. So they go after CAs because obviously they love. And in India, they call it CA, not CPA, the way you are going to call in North America. So they go after the, the CPAs of India and uh, they are going to be sort of uh, recommending selling and they are probably going to have their IPs as well. Uh, that they are selling on top of tele for the operational functionality. But for the most part, if you look at accounting firms, even in the US, for them, ERP is yeah. the accounting software. They don't really understand how operations work. Okay, They don't really have depth into the operations, the supply chain, as well as the sales and marketing. When you're looking at the omni-channel architecture, it's, it's very, very hard. And typically, even if you look at Deloitte KPMG, they have two divisions completely separate. You have Deloitte Digital, and then you have Deloitte Accounting. <laughs> so, you know, if you want to work with both, then you are probably bringing in both teams. They are going to have their own sort of compensation structure. So it becomes very difficult for customers to work with just one team that is going to be providing the end-to-end the -end visibility, uh, you know. So that's the challenge that, you know, even exists in, in North America. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean, I, again, I think it's something that most people wouldn't give consideration to, but it's it's a, a very uh, it's a very valid point and something that needs quite a bit of consideration, uh, depending on what your business model is. So, yeah, good good point. Exactly, and great points there, Dave. Um, so much. So here are the screens, and these are the newer screens uh, that I'm, we are looking at. So the experience that you are going to get, they try to replicate. MS-DOS in Windows, that's how these screens are really designed because you have to please those customers. They have been using Tele for the last 30 years. So how do you sort of come up with the strategy that, okay, 
you want to have the old product uh, because these people are not going to be happy with the windows experience that is too new for them so <laughs> so it's 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 always challenging i guess you know for these companies and that's how this experience is designed this is how you would be operating when you were operating in dos world because you didn't have mouse that you can use so you are going to be using a lot more keyboard and in keyboard is going to give you different screens so these screens are laid out very similarly in fact if you notice on these screens right now if you look at any of the windows based applications uh, and by the way even the windows based applications are legacy in north america <laughs> if you look at them you know they are going to have a lot of different layers overall the way your screens are going to be structured everything is going to be on one screen all your linked forms are probably going to be accessible from one screen and again when you look at the depth of data that the length of transaction overall from the business perspective when you are going from your order to cash and that's a very long transaction if you're looking at systems as complex as manufacturing because you know if you are going to be doing your entire operations including your costing scheduling inside your ERP system the transaction becomes much lower okay then you need that traceability and you know you cannot have your manufacturing guys using tele they are going to feel okay ERP system i don't know what that is i just don't get it <laughs> so any any comments safe now just uh you can see it catch it in the screenshot but i mean you know you see all the function keys uh highlighted to be able to navigate around here and then i know that there's another screen coming up uh in a slide or two uh in terms of the the, the newer functionality that they've touted so exactly exactly and the other thing that you are going to notice when you are going to be looking at slightly more regionalized solution okay so one of the things that let's say if you are using netsuite or sap uh, it might feel as if it is not really designed for your country and that's the challenge with most crp systems because the kind of terms that they are going to be using in these uh, even between your us and uk even though both are english speaking countries but they are going to be using different terms for different financial terms and sometimes that could mean a lot of different things for example profit could have very different interpretation in different regions now if you have that profit term inside your erp system my american guy is going to understand it very differently than the guy in the uk and that's what makes these erp systems very difficult when you are going to be managing all of those entries in one instance the erp system has to be localized for your region so that you are speaking the same language that the financial person is going to understand so that when you say invoice they are not interpreting it as you know <laughs> receipt or something like that um okay so now when you are going to be looking at the screen the overall layout of the screen is very lean you don't really have much going on here when you are looking at the company sure you are going to have the company address etc but again that's very lean even quickbooks is probably going to have far more functionality zoho is going to have far more functionality than your your tally now uh, you know you are going to be using some of the terms and i don't know if you have heard of those uh, dave Uh, even though the process is probably used in uh, in north america as well but you don't sort of use the term called dtds tcs which is the tax deducted at source tax collected at source here i think we are going to have and i don't know if in your w2 employee you sort of have the option whether the company wants to do the taxes or can you file on your own my understanding is that 
you know, if you want, if you are W2, by default, the company typically files the taxes for you. You don't sort of have the option. And if you want to file it on your own, then you probably need to uh, have 1099 arrangement here in North America. But there, you know, this is where the financial processes might differ. In India, I think you have sort of have the option whether you want it to be tax deducted at source, tax collected at source. Now, this drives your ERP. Now, you might think that that probably falls slightly more into payroll, but the computation, your, let's say if you're doing some sort of sales commission, uh, bonus, you know, the payment structure, that all has to come from your ERP. So your ERP processes might differ there as well. And that's where the nuances of, okay, if I have ERP system designed for North America, is it going to work in Spain? Is it going to work in India? Is it going to work in Australia? It could be it get difficult. Yeah, those were new terms for me, especially the uh, uh, the enabled tax uh, deducted at source and the uh, tax collected. Uh, yeah, tax yeah tax collected at source as well. Those those were both new uh, new terms for me. So learned something new today. <laughs> Even the processes are going to be new. I don't think uh, you know we have those here in North America. No, no, because uh, to your point earlier, there really isn't an option if you are a W two employee. Uh, the company's responsible to uh, to collect and and file those, um, and then you know there's some column column regulations, rules, what what have you around being a 1099 employee. Uh, so you know it's not it's not as simple as making the choice to say, well, I'd like to be you know I'd like to take care of it on my own. So switch me to a 1099 employee because there are or a 1099 uh, contractor, because there are some additional kind of considerations around that uh, with, you know, how you access uh, the information that's that's held within the company, uh, your scheduling. There's there's quite a few stipulations around that. Exactly. It's a very different legal structure. But yeah. again, India has very different legal structure overall in terms of employment. I'm not too sure about Middle East, to be honest. Uh, they must probably have the similar structure because a lot of accountants are actually are going from Indian region. So they <laughs> must have influenced uh, some of those processes there. I didn't happen to see it, but is this localized in, does this have any other additional localization only because, you know, there's quite a few countries that it advertises that it's, it's, uh, you know, installed in. So, yeah, so I'm pretty sure it's used in Middle East that I know for a fact. And, um, you know, uh, if you look at, looked at the screen, they had an option uh, for changing the country, but for the most part, when you are going to be looking at their demo videos, they are all showing just the Indian region. They are not okay. showing any other regions. Middle East, I can almost guarantee that it's definitely commercialized in Middle East. But not too sure if some companies might be using in North America. I don't well, know if it is really localized, to be honest. I thought America. I saw uh, South Africa on the on the list of um, there were there were maybe four or five different ones. I can't recall exactly where I saw that, if it was on their website or if it was in the deck. But, you know, some outside of the Middle East is my point. So I was just curious how they're, you know, because I think it, I think that's a really good, you know, it's a good not only differentiator, but but you know, kind of point in general that if they are really developing this to handle some of that kind of localized taxation issue with the e-invoice, with these types of things, how does that then translate into these other regions that potentially they're trying to reach into? Um, you know, it, it kind of just begs that question. So they must have some solution for it, obviously. Yeah. And that's a very interesting question. In fact, the point about South Africa, to be honest, okay, so I can see why it might be used in South Africa, because obviously you have a lot of Indian migrants that migrated 
to South Africa very early on. And when people say, okay, which is the software that you like or which one is the best software that you know, uh, it is probably going to be Telly because that's what they grew interesting. up using. Interesting, yeah. <laughs> interesting, though. I, I did not know that. So, I mean, but that's interesting and shows really, really highlights the power of, you know, of community and people because that's how, you know, some of these things happen. Yeah, honestly speaking, though, uh, if you look at the South African companies, I don't see a reason why they would be using any other software than SysPro, because SysPro is really the core for South Africa. SysPro was telly, you know, for South Africa, it was really designed for, if you talk to any of the South Africans right now, if they are going to be accountant today, they would have, they grew up using SysPro. So, you know, if you are a South African company, then probably you are going to get far richer functionality inside your SysPro that is going to be localized for your region. But let's say that trick is going to be, let's say, if you are operating in India, a lot of Indian companies, they operate in Middle East. And that's why you have that Middle East localization, because most of the Indian companies, especially if they are going to be in oil and gas refinery, they all operate because Middle East is just closer, you know, easier to do business with. You have a lot of Indians in Middle East. So that's why that co collaboration is happening. South Africa is also the same, especially if you are going to be in the mining industry, typically, okay? Those are going to be, you are probably going to be collaborating with India a lot. So there could be some overlap. Overall, if you are going to have a company uh, entity in India as well as South Africa and Middle East, then that's where the trick is going to be. I don't know this is, uh, but obviously you'll be using the country that comes from your home system because that's yeah. where your primary books are. are okay, so some more, you know, and if you look at the the kind of the, 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 the overall layout and the design of this, okay, it's very legacy. The way it is designed, you literally have like four fields on a screen. Why would you design like that because then you have to move out but in the olden days when you were using DAS this is how the experience was to be. because it was very 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 hard to pull off a screen that is going to have 20,000 fields now technology has come a long way people have not come that long because uh, you know again you are still uh, you know dealing with the same people so it's very 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 hard to change those habits and it's very hard for these to change that as well because people are not willing some more commentary here and again if you look at these screens literally for fields and you know you are doing a lot of movements uh, when you are using the ERP system only for your books uh, it might be okay because you don't really have that operation overhead uh, you know your labor is not as expensive as it is going to be in the developed countries so you are probably going to be okay but when you have to pay you know even $20 an hour that becomes very expensive you know when you are selling a product for $10 <laughs> to be honest and the overhead is going to be high um, so that's where your operational efficiency is going to be but here when you look at the screen for example unit of measure you don't really have any sort of layers <laughs> you know I don't know what they are doing with unit of measure to be honest here you know, it's fairly basic. You cannot really use this for distribution operation unless the only thing you are doing is financial reporting. If you are doing that, you know, you can probably do it in any system. You can do it in a spreadsheet. You probably don't need an accounting system. <laughs> okay, Dave, if you have any comments, I can take those or to the next one. No? Okay, so overall, fairly basic functionality for the purchase order as well. Even though if you are going to take the checklist approach, do you have sales order? Do you have purchase order? Do you have option? You have pretty much everything. So what is the difference between SAP and Tally? <laughs> Zero difference, right? No, <laughs> massive difference, okay? Uh, <laughs> so here you are going to get, one of the things that you are going to notice is going to be, okay, the way your QuickBooks is going to operate, 
okay on your purchase order you are going to have the gl account right and when you have that you are sort of tight coupling your accounting with your with your operational workflow so these guys are going to require far more accounting knowledge because you are going to get accounting errors typically that decoupling is going to be there in slightly larger erp system the erp systems that are going to be of quickbooks size so the comparable here is going to be your quickbooks sage 50 uh, your zero tally even zoho uh, could be there as well zoho is slightly bigger in size but that is still a very accounting system in general so this is where you are going to see this correlation okay i have my ledger ledger is tied to my purchase order now my accountant is going to be super happy with it because that's what they understand but what about my operations guy now <laughs> that, that's where operations guy is going to feel that hey accountants do whatever you want i'll do my operation i'll send you the list and then you can take care of accounting later on so you are creating the siloed culture right okay so here the way the transportation charges is done this is again your ledger you know you are embedding your ledger on your line item which is again very crude way of doing accounting to be honest this is what you did in 1980s uh, in 2022 you know you probably should be doing business in a way where you are isolating these accounting details so that operations can move smoothly then embedding this so again this is this is a very legacy way of doing your accounting and the reason for that is because this is what your cpas are used to of using they like to see it but when you are going to be designing everything from the perspective what about other team members procurement you know operations you know erp system is supposed to be serving each of the personas equally and that's the intent of the erp system it's not supposed to be just the accounting well it just depends on who you ask of that exactly right <laughs> <laughs> It, we we had a good question come through. Anders Green had asked, um, yeah, I think it was in the previous screen because I do remember seeing this, but the unit of measure screen says secondary at the top. Is there a primary unit uh, screen can define that perhaps uh, handles all of the layers? So I do see that. I don't recall. I don't know if I, I'm you know assuming the uh, version you uh originally used was quite a bit older than this and i don't know if you have uh if you're able to see this in any other uh videos or screenshots but i mean perhaps but i i to me i think the point still is anders that if you compare this solution to any of the other larger solutions you're gonna the the amount of flexibility in this solution comparatively speaking uh is going to be relatively yeah i completely agree with enter's point there to be honest uh you know that that secondary is probably going to be the second layer that you are opening but how many screens do you have to open look at the kind of experience yeah. that the user is going to get and the amount of training that they are going to require when you are learning these codes so let's say you know if you have to hire somebody you are looking at at least 5 months of training okay if they don't understand how tally works if somebody who already knows tally then okay it's going to be easier for them because they already understand everything but the newer people that you are going to get they are not going to appreciate all of this they grew up using facebook and uh, and 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 twitter right for them everything is very window centric so obviously for them they are going to enjoy the windows experience far more so i completely understand what enders is trying to say here but again the experience is very different the way your screens are opening uh, you know you don't have the other screen open typically when you are going to be looking at the larger system you are going to get sort of the matrix in front of you so that you can correlate yeah. here the information is kind of lost 
Okay, it's it, you have to guess here, I guess. Okay, so great question, by the way. Dave, any other points? I think this is where we were on the yeah. screen, right? Yep. Okay, if you don't have anything on this one. So, okay, so this is what happened in 2020. They uh, introduced revolutionary technology. They are calling it as next generation. And now you can use your textpad and, and mouse. <laughs> Which is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I think this definitely falls under the uh, miscommunication of marketing. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, average SMB buyer from India, they are not going to be as sophisticated for them. It's uh, it's still going to be okay, I guess. But again, for the cost that you are getting, that's still great because, you know, what you did earlier, you know, you were using the DOS screen. Now you at least have some sort of Windows feeling to the software. So this is still going to be next based on the generation you were in, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, you know, probably from a, a data structure standpoint, it probably would not, they probably would have to do too much development to either commingle some of those screens or eliminate some of those layers in there. I would imagine from like a data architecture standpoint, it's, you know, it's, it's, Probably not like we're used to from a designing a UI, right? A user interface and then having all the data live where you can pull it. This was probably built based upon the layers of data that they are collecting, correct? Yeah. So honestly speaking, Dave, technology is not the problem. It's not that Tele cannot design, you know, cloud native solution as of today. The problem is people. When you have always lived in a broken house and that's the house that you understand. Okay, you don't see the new house as your house. Okay, if you are of that mindset, it's very, very, very hard to create that experience in the new technology. Sometimes you have to work harder to replicate the experience that you had in the broken house. Got it. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, but I mean, they cannot afford to lose their customers. If they try to make similar to what, let's say, Zoho is trying to do, then they are probably going to lose their competitive advantage. So it's in company's best interest to promote something that you really understand. So who's to blame? You are to blame, yeah. you know, because you are not moving away from, from the legacy. Well, it's the, you know, what came first uh, conversation because <laughs> you've got the challenge of, you know, uh, maintaining subscriptions to have enough, uh, you know, revenue and profitability to invest in additional, uh, you know, development. And you can't invest in too much additional development and, uh, and upset legacy legacy uh, customers. <laughs> so, you know, what, what, what way should I go here? <laughs> exactly, man. And that's why th this is what makes technology so hard. Because, again, changing habits is very hard uh, yeah. of people. And that actually has impact on your profit margin, to be honest, okay? We are talking about pure finance and accounting here, <laughs> okay? So your legacy habits, it's a drag, it's overhead. So unless you learn the new habits, you know, you are going to be just the 1980s. Uh, Dave, you had a comment. No, I was just going to say, I don't want to get off topic here because I think we can go down a rabbit hole with that with that kind of last comment. But, you know, it what struck me about what you said is that it's part of the reason I think people often think technology is going to solve their problem as, as you know, kind of like a general statement. And then beyond that, it's it's the thought process of, well, we have to have a specific technology or a, you know, a, a customized technology because what we do is different. You know, those are kind of the two, uh, you know, core things that we always talk about, um, you know, as kind of being roadblocks for people. And, and what you said just kind of made that jump to <laughs> the top of my mind. So. 
Exactly. Amazing point. Thank you so much, Dave. Um, so some more interesting layers there overall from the developing countries' perspective. And here, the kind of uh, reporting that you need to do to accommodate those GST workflows or B workflows, that is very unique. So you want to make sure that you have those available in the ERP system. The ERP system needs to be localized for your region. And, you know, you probably will be working with companies that really understand your geography. So the person who may have implemented in Middle East or maybe in Australia may not be the right fit for implementing in India. And again, that is only applicable in the case of ERP system because again, the regulations are going to be very different. If you're looking at technical systems, you know, technical systems are very different from your ERP. And that's another argument. A lot of people think that, you know what, when you're looking at technology, technology, right? SMS is SMS, uh, whether in the US or, or India, no, but ERP systems are very different in general. The um, the regionality matters a lot in the case of your um, ERP system. So here, but overall, if you look at the GST structure of India, in my mind, when I look at it, it's not very different, to be honest, from your, uh, you know, the way you are doing VAT in Germany or VAT in Canada. The way the taxation structure is in, in, in Canada as well as in Germany, it's very similar in India as well. The only difference between the Indian taxation structure versus Germany and Canada is going to be the frequency of reporting. Typically, in Canada, you are doing probably annual filing. You can do earlier filing, you can do quarterly filing, but that's an option. But India is doing probably the month. And I don't know if you have an option to be able to do your annual filing as well. And again, that impacts your ERP process because each month you have to compute and you have to send your government they are going to send something back and then you have to facilitate that collaboration as well so that's where the process differences are going to be but overall if you look at the gsc structure of india it's very similar to to canada and germany as well so here in india you are going to have your federal level uh, sort of the taxation structure then you are going to have second layer of your province or the state level. And sometimes you are charging both. Sometimes you are charging one, depending upon which province you are in. So each province are going to have their own sort of regulation. And then based on the goods and the service category, uh, there is a little uh, freedom there for the states, you know, the way they are going to be allowing uh, your taxes. Sometimes each state may have different taxation. For example, let's say if you compare this with Canada, in Canada, Ontario is probably going to be far more your your uh, BC is going to be far more expensive as well, but the other provinces might be slightly cheaper uh, overall from the taxation perspective. The same mindset applies uh, even for the Indian taxation as well. The way it is working, it is not as complex as Mexico because in Mexico, what you have to do is you have to register every single product and service that you are selling and they are charging the taxes on that. Here you have a little bit of layers that you have to identify those product categories because each product category is probably going to have the different taxation, but the, the collaboration is not really as involved as Mac. It's interesting too on this. Uh, the other thing I noticed on this screen, which I, I, I didn't see anywhere else, but they've got a, uh, a section for e-commerce uh, operator. So I'm not sure if that is is that a call out to uh, an integration, do you believe, Sam, or is that something else? And the only reason I bring it up is because I'm just curious how that fits into that mix of, uh, you know, of the taxation. 
uh, Dave, can you help me where you are seeing that? Yeah, it's screen? it's right there uh, towards the uh, towards the right between other territory and party type. Uh, one, two, five. It's the fifth column. I see. Okay, the, got it. So yeah. here you are. Okay. So I think they have a layer for the e-commerce operator. They are going to have a different taxation structure, and that's why are flagging that. Um, you know, as the variable. And again, these are the nuances. Um, some countries are going to be treating the e-business as different. Uh, for example, US used to have very different taxation structure for Amazon. Uh, <laughs> Amazon actually enjoyed that for a very long time. They yeah. uh, they never used to pay taxes, um, you know, on some goods. But you're, if you're a physical retailer, you have to pay that. So Amazon uh, could take, but I think that's changed now uh, in the US. Yeah, it has. And, and uh, you know, it's that's interesting that you bring it up. I didn't even think about it from that standpoint, uh, from, you know, the traceability and then ultimately uh, driving uh, regulation change. But uh, I know quite a few companies that had some real challenges with that. Uh, that were some pretty sizable e-commerce businesses that had, you know, didn't they, they only had Nexus here. Uh, I'm in Michigan, so they had Nexus in Michigan in the States. And um, but, you know, they were selling, uh, you know, into uh, all 50 states and out of the country. And uh, it was uh, let's just say it was a, a real task uh, to uh, to deal with all of the paperwork uh, to, you know, to conform with, uh, you know, with the tax, the new tax regulations. So that's a, a good point. Yeah. And anytime, whenever you are going to have these regulations, I mean, if you think about it, all of these states and provinces, they are all going to be fighting with each other to be OK, yeah. because it's revenue for them. So they are really fighting. OK, where exactly is your store? Is it in my state? Where are you shipping? Are you shipping there? So, you know, it does take some time before these things are going to have a mature framework. And that's what uh, I think India struggled a lot to be overall. Uh, from the processing perspective, I think uh, Mexico is going through the same change at this point of time. So it does take time before your taxation structure is going to be materialized. And now your ERP system, okay, needs to advance that functionality because anytime a change is going to happen, because government is actually watching how people, businesses, states are reacting. And based on that, they are also making the adjustment. The way they are going to be making the adjustment, your ERP system needs to accommodate all of those processes. Yeah. Okay, so if you don't have anything else, uh, you know, some more layers here overall from the GST structure. So they have the central, they call it central, not federal. So those are going to be different terms. And then you have states, just like you have a state in the US or province in Canada. Uh, so that's going to be the taxation structure. But I think the state tax might vary based on the state that you are in, depending upon how well or how expensive the state is going to be. That's why you have two layers of taxation. But this is very similar taxation structure as you are going to find in Canada or some of the European countries where you are going to have the structure. So overall, from the computation perspective, it's not very different. Uh, any of the ERP systems uh, should be able to accommodate this. But the problems that you're going to get is going to be the way you are going to be filing, the kind of terms that you are going to be using. It might feel very alienated for your users when you are going to be using the system. Um, the computation, the, the GST, HST filing, uh, the VAT filing is very similar. You know, you are looking at the total taxes that you paid as part of your sales transaction minus, you know, the taxes that you paid as part of your, uh, you know, purchase receipts or, you know, 
uh, purchase order and you are sort of detecting that in terms of finding okay what you need to pay uh, you know that's sort of your hst gst obligation so that calculation is is very similar as well so your standard gst functionality uh, as part of your quickbooks is probably going to be sufficient but again the difference is is going to be in the way people speak the kind of you know terms that they are going to be using. okay so this is the screen for your b2b versus b2c invoices and again this is going to be uh, the competition that tally is providing out of the box that uh, you know if you're going to be using something like sap then you are probably working with a local partner they are going to have their own module that is going to sit on top of sap so make sure you look at the the license agreement there as well because if that partner goes bankrupt then obviously nobody is going to be there that can support uh, that piece of code so make sure you are you guys are doing due diligence there as well so uh, you have that layer as well some reviews and here we have it it's very helpful for gst compliance also we can get tds data easily tds is a big process in india that's very complex and world so for accountants obviously that's going to be very handy you know we maintain financial data very safely we can easily maintain purchases sales taxation payment receipt but again you know it's nowhere close to your erp system the only reason why you are maintaining those is because your accounting bookkeeping requires that's why you are entering those transaction but that's not even close to how erp systems are supposed to work it says it's very user friendly because you are the accountant that's why it is user friendly not very user friendly for the other guys you know cons tell is that it did not evolve much in these recent days uh, of cloud computing and the ability to resolve all problems a crm uh you know uh, should have so obviously you know this is not meant to your meant to be your erp and that's why you don't have the crm process even though tally might claim that no we have crm we have sales order <laughs> uh and then you know they are talking about the virtualization technologies rdp rds all of these terms are going to be thrown around when you are looking at very legacy technology they are trying to sell that as cloud but it's not it's not cloud at all uh Uh, some more reviews here very small business not recommended for the companies who got tons of transaction your database is file if you are going to be hammering a lot of transactions the file is going to explode uh, so try it at your risk i guess uh, you know here they are saying pros the cost center wise accounting so from the accounting perspective you are probably going to get everything here they are saying payroll function not good but if you are using excel as invoice and then importing it into the accounting software import from excel is not there so the whole excel compatibility is not going to be there that you are probably going to find in a lot of different erp system that's pretty much it from the vision perspective dave i don't know if you're going to have any closing comments uh yeah it's a it's a good uh presentation i mean i think with a lot of the systems that we go through this one is no different um you know it has a specific place and when you find a solution that fits your size business and your kind of operational process requirements it's it's a great solution um the things i think you have to be mindful with any of these solutions outside of the ones that are you know major players are are you know data integrity uh what is the life cycle of the product and and you know because 
there's real consideration there. I mean, no matter what size business you have, it's a real challenge to recreate transactions in a new in a new system and to convert it, uh, especially when you have you know a solution this size that is not built on a you know a typical database structure. So the whole point in saying all of that is just understand what you're getting into. And, you know, if there's an opportunity to maybe buy up at some point, that may be a consideration for you, because I do think that there are, you know, there are risks associated with continuing to use some of these smaller solutions that are maybe not as well funded as some of the larger, uh, you know, more broad solutions. So it's it's like everything. There's pros and cons with it. But I, I think more people need to understand the inherent risks um, because I think sometimes that gets swept under the rug and people just don't recognize that as a real issue. I mean, whether you're talking about it from a data integrity standpoint or you're talking about it from a, a pure kind of, you know, what is this technology going to look like in three years? Exactly. Great points. And, you know, I completely agree, Dave, uh, when you are going to be a small business and you cannot really afford the subscription costs. And by the way, one layer that I did not mention uh, during this conversation, if you are going to be looking at the price of NetSuite or SAP, irrespective of whether you are going to be in the US, Canada or India, the price point is still going to be the can you believe this? Okay, so even though you have differences in the exchange rate, but they are actually charging the same amount. So obviously for businesses that are running in India, where the, their uh, revenue structure is not really aligned to the US, they are not making as much money. So ideally they should not be paying as much for them. It's yeah. the oxygen to be honest. Okay, yeah, so that's Kelly interesting. Is, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so that's why for those smaller businesses, uh, I think Tele makes a lot of sense to be honest, especially if you are making money in India and you are spending money in India, but then you are going to have some of the other solutions as well in the market. Number one, Zoho. Zoho is the Indian company. We are probably going to be localized for India as well. Um, so look at that. There are going to be other solutions. ERP Next, open source solution. Okay, you are probably not going to be paying as much for the subscription. ERP Next, Odoo uh, is doing really well uh, in India at this point of time. And then obviously you have the QuickBooks as well. So make sure you review all of them before deciding which ERP system that you Yeah. Completely agree. Good, good, uh, good session today, Sam. Thanks. Any other uh, comments before we close? All right, guys. So that's a wrap. If you joined for the first time, this was part of our industry series for which we meet every Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. We review one vendor or the solution independently. So make sure you guys are going to be here next week. We are going to come back with another solution. On that note, thanks, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Thanks, everybody. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge. And journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Dave Chrysler, head over to thechrysler.club. It's T-H-E-C-R-Y-S-L-E-R dot C-L-U-B. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you in your business, you might want to check other related episodes including the interview with Brian G. Shannon who shares his insights into the importance of centralizing shared services for large global rollouts. Also, the interview with Bob Feathers, who shares his insights and lessons learned from a multi-site ERP implementation. Also, don't forget to subscribe to The Word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. 
Thank you, and I hope to get you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.